Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. In the wake of yet another horrific mass shooting, this one at a Valley Transportation Authority light rail yard in San Jose, we'll hear more about the nine people killed and the VTA employee who went on a shooting spree before killing himself. Then, facing a long, hot summer, California is bracing for possible energy shortages, We'll hear what the state is doing to prevent blackouts this summer. And we'll look down the road a bit as the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant is a few years away from shutting down with no plan to replace that energy. That's next on Forum, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. We begin today with a story that is horrifyingly familiar, a mass shooting this time again right here in the Bay Area. Early Wednesday morning, a maintenance worker at the Valley Transportation Authority opened fire at a light rail yard near downtown San Jose, killing nine, including several VTA workers, before he shot himself and, and died. It is, of course, sickening. It's frustrating to have this kind of mass shooting happen time and time again. And our thoughts, of course, are with the VTA employees, especially the victims and their families. Joining us right now is San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us. I, I know this is a terribly difficult time for the city. Uh, what are you hearing and what, what have you heard from the families and from people at the VTA uh, in terms of how they're doing? Well, thank you, Scott. Um, many of us were with the families yesterday as they were still awaiting word and obviously a horribly anxious moment for so many families. I think they had all feared the worst, but until you hear the news, it's not quite real. Uh, at the very least, we can say with uh, the last grim news that we received last night uh, that we lost Alex in the hospital, that we are uh, at least able to know that the families uh, know everything they can know and to begin that very long and difficult uh, journey toward healing. You, uh, when you look at the names of the folks who uh, were the victims who were killed yesterday, it is a very diverse group of people. And looking uh, on TV last night at some of the families, there was at least one sick family, uh, other Latino names. I mean, it's interesting. We don't look much at who, who really runs transit organizations, but it really is reflective of the entire community, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're a very diverse community here in San Jose. Almost 40% of us were born in a foreign country, and we're very proud of that diversity. And 
And VTA as a family reflected that diversity. And these are women and men who woke up every morning throughout the pandemic, uh, coming to work, putting themselves at some risk to do so uh, because they were essential workers and they understood that their work was essential to supporting our community. And just describe the VTA, what, what it means to Silicon Valley, uh, and particularly this rail yard, uh, what role it plays in, in, in the area's transportation system. Yeah, this is a transit agency that serves the entire county. Uh, the rail yard uh, is primarily for light rail vehicles, and uh, they're maintained there and stored there. Uh, it's immediately behind the sheriff's office, a very proximate, which in this case I, I suspect was a blessing as well as a proximity to the, the police department as well, because we were able to get police officers and, and sheriff's deputies there almost immediately. Uh, but this is uh, really a, a nerve center for the, the rest of uh, the light rail system that runs throughout the county. And uh, someone noted yesterday, given the proximity to the sheriff's office there, the department, it, it, you know, if a place like that isn't safe, what is when it comes to gun violence? It must be just extraordinarily frustrating and infuriating, really. It is. You know, we are and have been among the safest big cities in America. We had, I, I believe, 15 gun-related homicides the entire year prior to this incident. Um it, this is this epidemic of gun violence and mass shootings is something that no community is safe from. Uh, and obviously much more needs to be done uh, at the federal level, but we're all going to be looking for solutions here locally as well. What is the city and the county? What are they doing for the families, for the VTA workers? What do they need? Well, the county has really responded uh, incredibly well with you know mental health workers who were there at the Red Cross facility throughout the day. Uh, there's been a lot of effort to try to see if we can reach out to, to every family member uh, who is suffering in some way. Uh, very grateful for their support and support of a lot of nonprofits like the Red Cross. Uh, but this is gonna take uh, all of us pushing for, for many months uh, to support these families in grief. Uh, grateful that the South Bay Labor Council has opened up a fund to help support the families as well. And this is, of course, uh, not the only mass shooting that the area has seen. There was the Gilroy Garlic Festival almost two years ago now. Um, this must open up those wounds as well, just as that community is trying to heal and, and move beyond what happened uh, in 2019. Yeah, I remember too well, we lost uh, a 13-year-old girl and an 8-year-old boy uh, who was San Jose, from San Jose families in, in that awful shooting. And these news, the news cycle provides a mass shooting, it seems like, uh, on a biweekly basis, and we become insensate to the news. But then when it hits your own community, you, you realize just how horrific this is uh, and, and how painful this is. We're going to be talking to the District Attorney Jeff Rosen later in the hour, but what questions do you have, Mayor Licardo? Uh, what do you want to know uh, as this investigation goes forward? Well, I'll be honest. I think we, we know enough. Um, we've seen this horror movie too many times. Um, we, we know how it starts and all too awfully how it ends. Uh, the question is, what is our country going to do about the fact that we have as many guns as we have people. Uh, how exactly are we going to keep each other safe in a world with, or a country with 300 million guns? 
Certainly, we have a lot to do to invest in more mental health services to better watch out for one another, uh, to be able to intervene uh, with mental health and other supports at the right time. Uh, but we know that these tragedies become far more grim because of the role of guns, and we have to do more. Mir, I'm going to let you go in a moment, but I know there will be a vigil tonight at 6 o'clock at uh, City Hall Plaza in San Jose. Um, I, I'm assuming many people will be speaking. What can you say to a community at a time like this? You know, I, I haven't even thought about that yet, uh, but we can only hope that by convening people after a year and a half in which we've all been far too separate and isolated from one another through this pandemic, that, that, that at least there'll be an opportunity to come together, to grieve together, and, and to embark together on, a, on the long path to healing. Uh, so we'll start certainly tonight, and we know this is going to take a lot of work from all of us in the weeks and months ahead. All right. San Jose Mayor San Licardo, again, our thoughts are with you and the community and the VTA family. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And joining us now is Ash Kaura. He is a member of the California State Assembly. Uh, he is also the former chair and board member and a board member of the VTA. Assemblyman Kaura, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what 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 went through your mind as a former chair of the VTA as you heard this unfolding yesterday? Uh, you must know a lot of people uh, who work at that agency. Well, absolutely, uh, and just you know, being. Um, so close. You know, it, it's interesting because as you were just speaking a moment ago, you know, these mass shootings, this is a 232nd mass shooting this year in this country, which is numbing and it gets numbing. And, and that's, um, you know, part of being in America, which is a really horrible badge to bear. But when it's in your own hometown with um, an agency and a, and a community and a family um, like VTA is, uh, and, and you think about all the people you know, and it was, a, you know, the, the, they, were, they were having a union meeting and I know the union leadership and it just, it brings it so close to home and, and makes it so real. It's the kind of, um, it's the kind of visceral effect you never want to have to feel when it comes to gun violence. But the reality is that it, it strikes every corner of this nation and, and it struck us really hard um, yesterday. And unlike, say, BART, which is a regional agency, I mean, the VTA, I would guess, is a much more close-knit uh, family, almost. Uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine what impact this must have, and uh, just throughout throughout the agency, much less throughout the county. Well, absolutely. And you have, to, you have to think about it. These are operators and maintenance workers, you know, light rail operators, uh, bus operators. These are the frontline workers that were out there during the course of this past year, continuing to work through the pandemic um, you know, with, with all the stress that all of us went uh, you know, have gone under. You know, they were literally going back to work, making sure people were connected, providing the services. As we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, this tragedy strikes. And so uh, it, it really is something that hits so hard to our core as a San Jose community, as a San Jose family, as someone that's lived here, you know, for over four decades. And the buses have always been part of my life here. I remember growing up and taking the bus around town. And so it's, it really connects with everyone that lives here, whether they take the bus or not, they see the buses and the light rail uh, going by. And it's such a intrinsic part of our community here. And so to have it happen at the VTA uh, rail yard, 
uh, makes it that much more painful for everyone in the community, you know, let alone those obviously that were most directly impacted. Talking with Assemblyman Ash uh, Kara about uh, the terrible mass shooting yesterday at the VTA light rail yard in San Jose. We would like to open up the phone lines now to hear from you if you want to join this conversation. 866-733-6786 is the number. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch if you prefer on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email us. It's forum at KQED. Org. I want to play uh, a little bit of uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, who was there yesterday uh, talking with comforting families as they, uh, in some cases, awaited to hear the fate of their loved ones. Um, and he was obviously very upset. Uh, and let's just hear a little bit of what he had to say. There's a numbness, I imagine, some of us are feeling about this because there's a sameness to this. You know, anywhere USA. It just feels like this happens over and over and over again. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It wasn't that long ago I was standing out here talking about the tragic loss of two children, one in a mother's arms, the Gilroy Festival. Assemblyman, we're coming up on a break, but before I let you go, uh, anything happening in Sacramento, and it, or what will uh, you and your colleagues look for uh, with regard to this crime, or is this just a you know one in so many incidents like this across the country that is just so difficult to prevent? I mean, it, it is numbing, as the governor said, but we can't be complacent. You know, California, we have passed some of the strongest legislation, including red flag laws, but at the end of the day, you know, it takes people to actually effectuate, you know, the tools that we we give at the state level. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, this is a federal, I mean, this is a national debate and, and federal action has to occur. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the GOP in D.C. has refused to act. But the reality is that we need standardized laws when it comes to not only gun violence prevention, but mental health. Yep. Uh, and so I know we are putting a whole ton of resources into mental health. Uh, and okay. we're going to continue to do that. We're going to leave it there. Assemblyman Ash Kawar, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a short break. Give us a call if you'd like to join us. 866-733-6786. I'm Scott Schaefer here for the full hour today on Forum. We hope you join us again. 866-733-6786. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here this hour. We're talking about the mass shooting yesterday at the VTA Light Rail Yard near downtown San Jose. And joining us now is Santa Clara District Attorney Jeff Rosen. Uh, Mr. Rosen, what do we? What have you learned? What questions do you have uh, as you look into this? Uh, we heard the mayor say, you know, we, we know enough. This has happened so many times. But what questions are there still to be answered? Thank you so much for having me on this morning. It's a very sad day for us here in Santa Clara County after having suffered our, our second mass shooting in less than two years. Uh, the questions I have are, is there anything that law enforcement could have done differently that may have prevented this tragedy? I don't know. I'm 
interested in whether there were any red flags or warning signs from the shooter that if someone had contacted the police, we would have been able to stop this. And the reason I, I mentioned that is we've very vigorously used the red flag laws in California to get restraining orders uh, within a few hours and remove weapons from the hands of individuals that are mentally unstable or making threats. We've done this hundreds of times and saved countless lives in this county. And so one question I have is, were there any warning signs in this case? And I don't know yet. So in a sense, you're saying that there could be many more incidents like this had it not been for these laws. That's absolutely the case. Uh, A few months ago, there was an individual posting on social media that he was going to go to the mall in Valley Fair. It's a, a large mall we have here in San Jose. And, uh, and shoot up the place. And through some really tremendous coordination and heroic citizens that alerted the police, uh, we were able to stop the person in the mall with a backpack and a loaded handgun. Hmm. We got gun violence restraining orders, removed numerous guns from his car and his home, and then kept him in custody and saved many, many lives. Hmm. When someone is arrested for a crime like this, of course, the DA prosecutes. Uh, but in this case, the shooter is dead. He killed himself. What is what is the role of the DA, other than finding out what could have been done retrospectively? In this case, the role of the DA's office in our county after a mass shooting is that the DA's office, through our victim services team, uh, leads, all, leads and coordinates the efforts to provide counseling services, financial compensation for the victims of the crime. So after the shooting in Gilroy, we stood up a family assistance center within 24 hours to serve the victims and their families. In this case, in less than six hours, we set up a family assistance center, provided grief counseling, uh, financial assistance, whether that's hotel vouchers or food or childcare. And the center is open today as well and will be open for the next few days. Uh, It's the place where the death notifications occurred. And it's where we try to to comfort as many of the victims and their families as we can. Let's go to the phones. This is a half hour segment. So if you want to join us now is the time 866-733-6786. And let's go to Kate in Marin. Welcome. Hi. um, First, my heart goes out to the families. Um, My question is about the efficacy of the red flag laws. Um, It was stated that his ex-wife was worried about his temper and she divorced him in part because of that. So the investigation, I hope, will show, did she know about the red flag law? Did she do anything regarding it? And how effective is that law really? Well, and Jeff Rosen, it does point to how difficult it can be. I mean, there are a lot of people that have bad tempers. It doesn't mean, A, they have a weapon, and B, they're going to use it. I mean, there does need, need to be discretion, uh, but, but people do need to be vigilant, don't they? Yes, people, people do need to be vigilant. And to, to get these restraining orders, the, uh, somebody calls the police, notifies them. The police work with the DA's office. We have to go to a judge. Uh, to to show a judge why there's an emergency situation and why the guns need to be removed. Uh, so so there, ha- there is judicial oversight of this. I think one of the lessons that we're learning from this incident is we have provided a lot of training to all the law enforcement officers in our county as to how to use gun violence restraining orders. Now what we're looking to is providing this training to other businesses 
so that if employees or employers see that one of their colleagues is mentally unstable and making threats, they can take advantage of these restraining orders as well. And the amendments to this law in California allow for that. Kate, thanks so much for that question. Uh, D.A. Rosen, uh, you know, looking at the list of victims here, the shooter, of course, was white. Uh, many, most of the victims seem to be people of color just based on the names and what I saw on television with the families. Is there any indication that this might have been uh, inspired by race, racial or ethnic uh, hatred? None of the the information that I have so far indicates that this was inspired by by racial or ethnic hatred. Uh, we're going to delve more into the the motives of the shooter when we go through his his phone and social history and and computers. Uh, but at this point, it doesn't appear to have been racially motivated. All right, Santa Clara County District Attorney Jeff Rosen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And joining us now is Supervisor Cindy Chavez. She's president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors. Supervisor, welcome to the program. And again, our condolences to you and your constituents and the entire county of Santa Clara. Um, what have What have you learned this morning, uh, or who have you talked to this morning that uh, you know that uh, helps bring any of any of this into more clarity? Well, I don't. I don't think you can take a tragedy like this and find find clarity. It's it's completely senseless and unnecessary. What I will say is that I have been overwhelmed with the amount of support that and the outpouring both for the community and for the the families that have been been impacted. And there have been a couple of um, there are a couple of websites where if the community wants to make donations, they can do that. I'd love to list those if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, one is to act at act.wpusa.org, and the other is actionnetwork.org. And any resources that go to those will go to support these families that have just been devastated um, with the loss of, of you know, daughters and sons and husbands and wives. I mean, it really is a, it really is a tragedy for our community. In terms of the VTA, of course, uh, these frontline transit workers are, uh, throughout the country have put their own health at risk uh, in providing services throughout the pandemic. And I had heard that the VTA was actually yesterday uh, beginning light rail service again. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, was, was this supposed to be sort of a day of excitement and, uh, you know, kind of a sense of maybe moving beyond the worst of the pandemic? Well, I you know, VTA didn't stop running um, light rail or buses throughout the throughout the pandemic. This was really when we were expanding the number of people who could be on light rail and on our bus system. And true to VTA's form, um, even yesterday, while light rail had to be shut down, we expanded um, our bus service to make sure that we were able to make to transport people. And I just want to say to the brave men and women who work at VTA that true to them, true to the way they acted during COVID-19, um, they were heroes on the street yesterday, even while some of their colleagues had been slaughtered. Well, and let's not forget the law enforcement uh, folks who rushed in to the rail yard, even as shooting was continuing. You're right. Um, both the Santa Clara County Sheriff's um, Department and the San Jose Police Department were on with it, the scene within minutes. And two of our sheriffs um, opened a door to where the shooter was and when the shooter saw them he took his own life and i am certain that their quick response saved many many lives all right let's see if we can get one more call in here uh, maria in tiburon welcome 
Hi. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about uh, the calls that uh, I know a lot of us in different areas make to the police about things that are uh, people's behavior that's like ongoing and the, and the police don't do anything about it. And then something catastrophic happens. So we had that happen. I work, uh, do some pro bono work for victims compensation cases. And we had something like that um, just happen. And the person uh, actually made many calls. We called the probation officer and um, the person who was the victim didn't even know that she had rights to like, you know, get compensation and has like disfigurement on her face. And the person did go to prison, but we made many calls and we talked to, you know, the County many times about that one person until mm. something yeah. tragic. happened. so there are, there, that's, that's a huge issue. I think I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that comment. And supervisor Travis, I know that uh, Jeff Rosen, the DA uh, who was on a moment ago is, is going to be looking into whether something was missed or maybe these, one of these red flag laws, these gun restraining orders could have been invoked and, and, and weren't. Um, what is your sense about uh, how easy it is or how hard it is when somebody does try to use one of these laws to get a weapon taken away? How hard is it to succeed? Well, I think that, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do in Santa Clara County is make sure that these systems run in a, in a smooth way. But one thing I will say is I think the caller's right, that there's much more education we need to do in the public and even within um, law enforcement and within our behavioral health systems. So I think we there's more work to be done there certainly. But the other thing I would just add is that we have a we have a high need for behavioral health services in this country. And as we look at the American resource, you know the uh, um, the the uh, response to um, COVID nineteen and with resources coming from the state and federal government, that one of the things that we have to remember is that it's very very important to fund behavioral health services and be able to expand those services. This is a core part of infrastructure that's needed in this country. And this is a reminder that we need to dig in and we need to spend what it takes to get the systems we need to make sure that people are healthy and safe. All right. That is Cindy Chavez. She is president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors. Supervisor, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. And thanks to our guests earlier in the hour, San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, Assemblyman Ash Calra, and uh, District Attorney from Santa Clara County, Jeff Rosen. All right, we're going to take a very short break, and then we're going to come back and talk about potential power blackouts this summer. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.